Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh, producer here at Realm. A new episode of Ominous Thrill is ready for your ears. It's Advice After Dark. Late night radio host Belladonna delivers extreme advice to the delighted horror of her audience until a creepy listener forces her to confront the brutal consequences of her show. Here's a preview. Welcome to my live stream, Bella. Say hello to everyone. What do you want? Click the link. Watch along. I'm not clicking links from psychos. You put that trash on the radio every night and I'm the psycho. You sound like you need help. I'm not one of your fake callers. My show is very, very real. Do you want to know what it's called? No, I don't. It's called Belladonna Gets What's Coming. Starring you. What? It's really starring me, but it's all about you. And you'd be surprised how many people want to watch you get what's coming. I called the police. They'll be here any minute. Yeah, well, we should be done before they get here. Find Ominous Thrill out now, everywhere you listen. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis. So I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up, everyone? We are here for another episode of the Cryptid Countdown with Joshua, and we have an awesome guest who's kind enough to help us out again as we dive into these cryptids. It's Stephanie Strange. Stephanie, thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks for having me. You guys are amazing. Absolutely. And Joshua, let us know, where are we in this cryptid world? What number are we on? What cryptid are we looking into? Uh, well, first and foremost, thank you for joining us, Stephanie. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, but we are going to be doing something back in the water. We're going to be doing mermaids and mermen or merfolk or whatever you want to call them, just mer people. Do, do mer people get along with sea monkeys? That was always a big question for me when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> well, y'all might be too young. Did y'all grow up and see the sea monkey cartoon? I'm probably just like spitting in the wind here. Nobody. Wasn't there a Rugrats episode on that? Like the sea monkeys, they're um, in the yeah. little bowl. Yes. Yeah. Those are like the real sea. So, yeah. So like I'm, um, I'm an elder millennial, but when I grew up, of course you had like the Brian shrimp, the sea monkeys you could get. And, um, they had these like big depictions of, of what looked like kind of mermaids, but they were like mer shrimp. They were like made shrimp. I don't, I don't know. They were like half people, half shrimp. And so then they took the popularity of that, which I'm sure has been around since like the seventies and they turned it into 
a cartoon that was on the Saturday morning block I watched. God, I almost want to say it was live action, but that sounds really scary. But uh, yeah, I was obsessed with that as a kid. So for those 12 of you that are my age listening, <laughs> you can write in and say, I remember that. Okay. Anyway, we'll see if that makes the cutting room floor. <laughs> well, I know what I'll be YouTubing uh, later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome for the nightmares. There was that. And then the, um, well, you guys remember the dinosaur show, right? Like the live action dinosaur family, the not the mama, not the mama. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the one that like is animatronics with like the baby in the high yeah, chair? Exactly, okay, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Okay, and he okay. slams the bone down. The dad yes. like comes and he's like, not the mama, yes. not the mama. Um, yeah. And that became yeah. a meme on Facebook or something. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we're definitely going through a lot of throwbacks right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dark ending for that show. Spoiler. Uh, the meteor comes and the family gets around and it's just like, well, now we die super heavy and dark for a child wow. to watch yeah that's a fun youtube actually check that out i'm about to go uh, do that actually yeah. after <laughs> mermaids joshua <laughs> tell us all about uh you know mermaids are you know when you think of mermaids you think of ariel you think of the the nice you know little mermaid cartoon that disney made but uh in reality mermaids are are, are kind of terrifying but i think that they like other things that are in the water uh are tend to be more believable in some sense because it's just so little we know about the ocean and uh you know it's that's that's where they are so uh the the, the lore behind mermaids goes back thousands of years so it's it's one of the older cryptids i would say if you can i guess you could consider it a cryptid but it, it's it's one of the older cryptids it's really rich in uh like religious folklore and kind of god worship as well Yep. And uh, and I think that's what makes it so intriguing because it's it 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 falls into the same kind of vein as like a thunderbird would. There's there's real um there's real like worship. There's like real belief that it that they exist and uh the lore kind of precedes itself as well. So um it can be found in almost every culture it seems. Uh just they they can be found in almost everything. So uh just really fascinating cryptid overall. Yeah, it, it seems to tie into one of my favorite creatures from Greek mythology, which is the sirens. I always thought that um, yep. my two favorite Greek mythology figures are Medusa and sirens. I, I don't know what that says about my taste in women, but um, <laughs> I always just thought those were super cool. You know, one could lure you in and the other one could turn you to stone, I suppose. But don't some people believe that it, the the thought or belief of mermaids kind of evolved from that? Uh, yeah, I, I would say like even going back to Triton, like uh, in, in that mythology, going back to, um, I mean, essentially like siren lore, like, I mean, they, you can find it in the Netherlands, you can find it in Scotland and um, in, in different variations. And it's not the the take that you know you would normally think with disney i think disney really like codified what um yeah. if that's the right word codified what a mermaid was as opposed to how they're actually depicted which are kind of some fearsome and uh almost like a wraiths in a sense like they're they're signaling death usually usually when you come encounter a mermaid in lore like you're you're um you have to be really quick on your feet or, you know, and it, it's just, it's funny to see how Disney took something that was so terrifying in a way uh, or uh, something that was a God and just, you know, it's cool, you know, very attractive, you know, um, very harmless uh, when stories are kind of the opposite. 
Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I remember for me, so I think, and I can, I, so I'm looking at it right now. So I guess the oldest record of a mermaid was in 1000 BC. And uh, I think that's really interesting how, like you guys were saying, it goes so far back. And I remember in college, I took a folklore uh, class for like, it's, it was like childhood literacy and the evolution of that and how folklore was basically meant, meant to be kind of more like a heed to warning. And then over time it became like Disney-fied, you know what I mean? And I actually feel like the original, like little mermaid story was so powerful because it was kind of like self-sacrificing more so than it was pe pleasing to the male gaze. And I think that that kind of shows truth in the way of the evolution of mermaids, because you go from depicting depicting mermaids as goddesses. And because even here, it says that the story in the 1000 BCE, she was a priestess and she jumped into the sea to wash away the shame of an unwanted pregnancy, like how wow. deep that was for that time. Yeah. And again, she emerges into this fish tailed goddess. And then you think of like Venus and how the, the seashell uh, essentially is an element of a mermaid and Disney came in and they're like, no, we're going to please to the male gaze. And when I thought about the timeline from goddess to the sailor folk, it kind of became an interesting aspect. And that was like what in the mid medieval time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The middle ages mermaids were uh, cited regularly by seamen and apparently Christopher Columbus said it led him to America. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it shows, I feel like mermaids are so heavily tied to society and the the idea of how women are depicted with society in a weird, ironic way. But yeah, that's just my thoughts. I kind of went into all over the place with it. But in a way, just again, going from a priestess from unwanted pregnancy to the Middle Ages of like, oh, they're beautiful. They lure men into temptation. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell you one thing that I thought was interesting when I was looking into mermaids the videos that come up when you start, you know, like are mermaids real? And man, some of them, the CGI is so bad in the videos you watch. You're like, okay, clearly <laughs> this is like PlayStation two graphics. Somebody's depicted, but the ones that get me, that make me kind of go, Hmm, are the ones that are supposed to be like deceased mermaids that had washed up, you know, and it looks like some kind of carcass with fins and bones and stuff. Did you guys come across anything video wise that kind of piqued your interest with mermaids? I would say I've seen a few, but like I haven't seen anything that really just like grabbed me and said, you know, like I like the um the meme where he's like he claps his hand and he points and he's laughing. He's like, that's the one. Like I haven't found anything that's that's got me like that um per se. But that hasn't really stopped my belief in that there that, you know, who knows? You know, I, I kind of agree. I don't think I've seen anything, but I will re I do recall it was like the Fiji mermaid that was like debunked. It was like uh like a monkey uh torso attached to like a fish tail. Yeah. And I think in a way, while it was debunked, it kind in my opinion, around that time, I kind of dived into like different types of mermaids from around the world, like the Ningyo and Japanese culture and um, how in general they are not as pretty and they're not always humanistic in the way that we see in Disney. And so part of me is always like, I'm more skeptical when people are basically saying they're seeing a mermaid sighting and it looks like Ariel, you know, like that right. is, you know, sometimes I wonder if there are creatures, you know, because the ocean hasn't been discovered that may be like a form of a mermaid, 
but not in the way that we're thinking again like a fiji mermaid even though it's debunked like what if we did see a creature that looks kind of like a fish but maybe has like arms and might be looking weird because we do see weird have you seen that like i've seen the weird fishes that are yeah fishes yep. how do you say that <laughs> um fishies, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> i'm like how do i what am i saying here but you know what i mean like it's just like yeah. um some of them look creepy af and they probably could people could probably have seen something weird like that diving into the ocean and don't you like hallucinate too if you have like less oxygen mm -hmm. yeah. and probably might have seen something and had created an illusion that something was very humanistic but maybe not you know i don't know well yeah i mean you just think about the intelligence level of whales dolphins you know these various things in the ocean that in their own way can communicate with humans you know and you know i know there are a lot of stories about mermaids either being kind of like uh signifiers of death but there's also stories where supposedly they've saved people but we already know yeah. now, like in real time, there are stories of dolphins saving people, whales saving people. So, you know, some of that could have happened way back when, too. And people may have just not been able to really understand, you know, what was going on that, oh, this is a, a dolphin that pulled me up as I was sinking or yeah. whatever. And just and just thought it had to be some kind of miraculous uh, human fish. But I, I totally agree with that, too, because uh uh, in terms of like misidentifying uh, creatures, because you you find a lot of that in uh, like United States folklore when it comes to rivers, mm -hmm. uh, especially like going back before, you know, in the 1300s and 1400s and, and caring even with indigenous lore sometimes, um, them seeing things like alligator gar or uh, sturgeon and kind of la labeling that as as something. Now, not saying it was only that, but saying that some of those creatures have been determined to be things like sturgeon. But I mean, if you see a sturgeon in the water, um, you're going to give, you're going to, if you don't know what it looks like, or you're not very familiar, or they've migrated somewhere, and you're just like, oh, shoot, like it's in my backyard river. Uh, it's going to, it's going to scare you a little bit because they're huge and they look different than any other fish in the water. And so um, to your yeah. point, I, I, I think that a lot of misidentification has happened. But to your point, Stephanie, too, um, especially when going to like the Japanese uh, kind of version of the mermaid or the the merfolk, um, it it does they do take like the the like uh, monkey is not the right word, but like more like animalistic uh, tendency. So it's less of a human animal hybrid and more of like a yes animal kind of hybrid instead and yes uh they they have more animal instincts and they act more animalistic than you know the aerial depiction and um that's that's kind of shared in that that region too so it, it always makes you wonder like who's telling the truth when it comes to that that regard like who's who's seeing a mermaid and who's seeing like a completely different uh undiscovered well technically undiscovered species yes no, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of like the uh, the one that I can think of is the, I think it's like the um, Amabi, I'm so saying it wrong, it's A-M-A-B-I-E, but it say, it's basically says it's Japanese mer people with bird-like torsos and three legs and scales. They are gifted with prophecy and usually foretelling abundant harvest or epidemics. So it kind of touches point on like what you're saying, Noah and Joshua, where it's like, there's this weird hybrid of the animal quality, but also we're seeing the depiction of like good fortune too. They're not just there to seduce 
uh, lonely sailors as the West <laughs> likes to depict. <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, man, whatever. <laughs> well, Stephanie, I'm curious because there are a couple things that I tend to lean into. Oh, this means good fortune. This this means bad fortune for me, even though it's all probably just hyperbole in my head. Is are there any things in your life when you see like? Obviously, a stereotypical would be like a black cat running across the road or walking under a ladder, superstitious stuff. This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Oh yeah, totally. Um, because I've had some unexplained 
experiences with it, if I'm being honest. Um, and this kind of goes into like my own spirituality. So for one, I think for me, the hummingbird is such a great sign. Um, I'll never forget this, but there was somebody who was giving me a reading and they were talking about love and partnerships and abundance. And right when that happened, a hummingbird flew up to her window. And if you look into the symbology of hummingbirds, they do mean love and good fortune. And I remember when I was going through a breakup years prior to this reading on top of that, uh, there was a hummingbird that flew up to the window. And the next day I, uh, I found I found somebody basically, I was just like, okay, so it's interesting for me time and time again, how that shows up in my life. Yeah. Um, but even like going forward, I remember when uh, I was going through my spiritual awakening and I was kind of trying to build a relationship with like my spirit guides or whatever you want to call it. There was, I, I told them to give me a sign and I was very specific in the sign. I didn't say, I don't want, I didn't wait for the universe to give me the sign. I told the universe, this is what I want to see. Cause it's really rare. I want to see this make and vehicle of this car. And I want to see over 20 of them on my way home. And if that wow. happens, then that's the sign. And that's what happened. So I kind of do believe in that. I don't think it's as common as people think it is. But I do think that that's why people fall into this whole symbology thing. Mm -hmm. And it's been going, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that I think you could say is kind of ingrained in us. I think since people have existed, we've been believing in signs and, you know, things of that nature. So that that's really cool to hear your story with that. For me, it's, I get wrapped up in cardinals um, as far as birds go. That's why I have a giant cardinal tattoo on my <laughs> arm. Joshua, what about you? Are there any kind of superstitions that you fall into? Uh, yeah, mine's actually having to do with birds as well. Uh, for one, my wife, uh, she's on the same like cardinal train. They tend to flock around her often. Mm. Uh, for me, um, and this is something that I kind of honed in on like when I was a little bit younger, but didn't really understand the symbolic, like the the symbolism of it until uh, I got a little bit older. And that's, uh, I have a very unique relationship with with birds of prey. Um, they just tend to be around and let me know that they're around and just kind of fly off um, anytime I'm, I'm about to make a big decision. Uh, and it doesn't matter where I am. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a city where they're not really supposed to be in the country. I can't, I cannot tell you how many different types of birds of prey that I've seen in my lifetime, but I've, I've recognized that they, that they are a part of what I got going on in life. Like, I don't understand why, but um and so anytime I see one, I, I'm always like, okay, I know like something big is on the horizon and it's it every time, like it never fails. Um, so I have a very unique relationship with, with like hawks and eagles uh, in particular. Uh, they, wow. they, they find me, like I saw a, a bald eagle uh, when I was about to make a important phone call on my way back home from a trip, like where they aren't. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. Uh, I could go on a rant about that, but no, no, long story short, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I do have a very special relationship with with uh, signs that are animals. Uh, the lore of Joshua continues to grow, followed by <laughs> eagles and turkey vultures. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> uh, that's really cool too. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting that all of us, yeah, into that. Well, so here, here's another one too, right? I, I was always curious to see, speaking of like just symbology and things and tying it back into like the mermaid thing. So Ursula in The Little Mermaid, I've always thought about what 
type of like category does she fall in? Cause she's not like, she doesn't have the traditional fishtail and she's an octopus. Like she's half octopus. And there's the thing called the Cecilia and they're known as sea witches and they're half human and half octopus, which I didn't know that. Hmm. And so part of me thinks, is there like a bad juju with octopus? I mean, I didn't look it up or anything like that, but I mean, they are, they are creepy looking if you didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, they're cool though. I think they're, they're cool, really but... smart too, for, yeah. you know, what they are. Yeah. I don't know. The sea is fascinating. I, I used to be really brave when it came to the sea, like teenager years, I would just go out as far as far to the point where my parents would be like, Oh wait, you have to come back in. And then I don't know if it was shark week or what, but eventually something got to me. And now I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm like eight feet out. This is far enough. I'll just kind of wait around. Do you guys get nervous at all? Like when you're in the ocean or you just say oh, yeah. F it. And every time do, but the, yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. say, yeah, screw that. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, what was the movie? Was it open water where like the, the couple, they get like stranded in the middle mm. of the ocean. Cause like they, they went diving and then like the party that was with them, they forgot that they were with them and they just rode yeah. away. And then they were literally stuck there. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, like, horrifying. Yeah. Worst nightmare. yeah, no, thank you. Like just literally floating in the ocean and just waiting. Th- I, I don't know. I think I would kill yeah. like my heart would just explode and i would die on the spot after that. Yeah. my biggest fear is being in a car and driving off the side of a bridge and landing in like some dark body of water i don't know why i don't know why that's my thing but whenever i am driving over giant bridges with oceans underneath i just i just take a little extra breath i'm like <laughs> all right we're gonna get to, we're gonna do this and i try i'm really gonna try not to pass any of that shit on to my kid i mean nobody passed it on to me i guess it just happens but <laughs> Lord, that ocean. What's, it, what's the phobia where, because uh, I remember on TikTok, I saw a video and it's it's all like CGI. It's not like real, but they do this thing where uh, you, this person, it's like a first perspective person and like a view, viewpoint and they're jumping into like a deep body of water and they discover like tunnels underneath and it's a phobia. Oh, it's God. a phobia to discover things. Like, I guess it's a phobia that you're seeing things underwater, like whether it's items or not. And I remember for like Friday the 13th, I did a whole thing on like Jason and Crystal Lake. And I I did like a whole thing on like, uh, was it Reddit? Well, anyway, somebody discovered like little uh, toy trolls underwater. They just like placed them underwater and they, people were like phobia unlocked, finding th- <laughs> trolls in the water. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> even they're toys, but it's just, I guess- the idea that it's really dark and then you see items there, you know, I don't yeah. know. That's a phobia. I don't remember the name of it, but hopefully well, someone know, can point that out. to some me. Some <laughs> people believe that the aliens live in the ocean, you know, that's like yeah. a whole nother, um, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause I know there have been videos, even I think some of the ones that air force released of UFOs flying or whatever they call them now flying into the ocean, you know, turning sideways and going straight down. And the sea Alien lights mermaids. and stuff like that. Alien yeah. mermaids. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is a question for you two. You you always know so much about these areas. Atlantis. Are are those mer people or are they just like humans in the water? Um Ooh. I would say because my was my depiction of that was that it was a city that sunk, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't I guess not, but it's kind of, I feel like I always thought of it as kind of like Venice, you know, where they're like, since they're so surrounded by water, they would on little boats and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just figured when, it out. Yeah, they just figured it 
I don't know. I think of the Futurama depiction, which is like Atlanta that sunk under the water. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> of all of them. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, no, it's it is scary though the idea that aliens are underwater, because like. Yeah. I could definitely see that if there if that was a thing or if that's more a truth than mermaids. I could totally see that being like a a thing where people would confuse, oh my God, they look like us, but they're weird looking. So mm -hmm. they're mermaids, you know? I could see something like that too. Because in general, what was it? There wasn't there like a story on it how like this woman saw a, like a person, like an alien underwater and it like was we had these glowing eyes or something like that this is a while ago so forgive my spotty memory on that but apparently some woman was diving and she saw like this alien creature underwater and i'm like ew that's scary i'd never i hate aliens and on top of diving yeah. <laughs> into a body of water and this creepy thing is looking right at you <laughs> no thank you <laughs> you know they're they're done now that i think about it there is a real lack of mer people movies you know, I mean, there's there aren't really a ton. I mean, yeah. you think of The Little Mermaid and then you've got stuff like the last Black Panther movie had some version of, I guess, mer people in it. It, it. There's there's not a lot of straightforward depiction. And if there is, I just assume it's all mer person falls in love with human, you know, some kind of Romeo and Juliet type yeah. of of story. But uh, get on that Hollywood. I want, yeah. I want some some good mer mer action going. Not that sounded sexual. I just want a good yeah. mer mer people movie. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's true because what uh, isn't that like the selkie right when we the selkie isn't those the selkie scary for that because they are shapeshifters and they mm. like abduct children and people and then they drag them into the water. So like that easily is already a plot that like yeah. is scary. The fact that like you're going near the ocean. And you're Writes being abducted. Itself. Yeah, like that in itself. Um, I, I think Selkies are, isn't that like an Irish? I think, I think so, from, yeah. I think it's from Ireland. And um, on, on that line, can I get a good La Llorona movie? Because, I mean, the 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 one that they came out with, I couldn't make it past the trailer. I was like, I want a really good one. Because the lore is so good. Like, anyway. Yes. No, no, I agree. <laughs> it was like, how did how do you manage to drop the ball on something that, has been around for so many years. People yeah. are actually afraid of La Llorona. Like it, it's how do you how do you drop the ball on that? I don't know. And you're right. Like I feel like with the mermaid stuff, you literally like the Cecilia, a sea witch, like that half octopus, yeah. half per like, that's I could see that being some type of like yeah. A24, get on it. Let's let's get it done. <laughs> um. Not shutter, not shutter. Oh, literally. okay. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I gotta watch Beef on on Netflix too. Gosh, I keep hearing how amazing that is. Yeah, I want to find out how much you guys believe in these mermaids. Stephanie, scale one to ten, where do you fall on mer belief? Oh my gosh, I love mermaids. By the way, like I'm obsessed with mermaids. Like the Little Mermaid started it all, and I even had like the teal because it I could decorate it with like mermaid stuff, like seashells. But I don't really. I don't believe in mermaids. Maybe not in the way that it's traditionally like thought of. I think if in a scale one through ten, I would say I'll, I'll be generous, a three. Because okay. like <laughs> because well, you know, because then you have like some mermaids that are like part animal, part fish or whatever, right? And then you have like the traditional everyone knows, you know, half human, half half mermaid. And I don't yeah. think I believe in that side. I believe more in like a different creature that may not be so humanistic, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes total sense. Joshua, yeah, what about fair. you? 
Um, I'm going to actually follow the same train of thought with you, Stephanie. Uh, for humid, for human uh, mermaids and or mer mermen, uh, I'm at a, I'm at a one. Like I, that's 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 a stretch. Like I I I don't mean to step on anybody's toes. That's a that's a big stretch. Like human humanoid mermaids. Um, but when it comes to like the animalistic mermaids, I I would actually say I'm I'm closer to like an eight. Uh, because I do think that there's so much stuff in the ocean. Uh, some things that have been misidentified, but also some things that we just have not discovered yet in totality. And I think that there's something out there, um, whether it's, you know, uh, an entity itself or an actual animal uh, that's uh, that's out there. Anything in the water is pretty much an eight. Yeah, because <laughs> there's just so much creepy, like, species uh, in the ocean that you just, they look creepy and they look humanistic yeah. at times. And, and like, there's stuff that I've seen. Was it what Discovery or something back in like the nineties? But I was like, what is this? Uh, it was like the one fish with like the light, the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's you know the, uh, the, uh, oh. what is angler? Right. The angler. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm like, it was a SpongeBob too, I think. And I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> well, check out the, what is it? The Bob fish or blob fish, that thing that washed up on the ocean. And it looked like, it looks like a human's face on a fish body but you know it's been debunked for whatever you know mutation that caused it if you really want to go down a rabbit hole check out mutated animals in chernobyl there is some really weird fascinating stuff like frogs that instead of having like frog mouths <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I said it looks like the thing from Stranger Things, where it's like cut into like six sections, and it like opens up and oh, they no. like move around. Like you know, I mean, there's just no, lots no, of no. stuff out there that we probably just don't know about, you know. And yeah. that's what makes talking about it so much fun. Well, gang, I feel like we've run the mermaid <laughs> gamut. Uh, Joshua, is there anything else that we didn't get into that you wanted to dive into? Uh, probably nothing. I mean. No, <laughs> no, I think this is pretty straightforward. I actually liked where it went. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're good on that fret. Well, Joshua, let's brag on you a little bit. Can you tell the audience about a new opportunity that recently you announced? Oh, um, yeah, sure. Don't sound uh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be adding a, a, another job to my repertoire as if I have enough time already um because i like pain um and long days uh but nonetheless it's it's better than it sounds uh, i'm really excited to to be able to uh work with uh essentially like the state media um working uh doing history stories about um little known facts people um places things events that have happened uh in the state of alabama uh, that have been either not heavily covered or forgotten or washed away. And uh, yeah, they've given me full access to archives and all types of stuff. So I'll be pushing out some content, some video content uh, once or twice a week um, for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, glad for Yay. the opportunity. Yeah, man. <laughs> that sounds like a match made in heaven, really. that's that, that's that I think that's right up your alley. And yeah. Stephanie, you continue to push out bangers everywhere you do everything um can you everything. tell us about i mean we talked about off well we're on camera before we started recording we talked about how you recently went to uh oh man Par oh parapod thank you Par i was trying to say paraflix that's a whole nother thing <laughs> um how you went to parapod can you tell us about how that was and and what it was like to host at a con 
Yeah, no. Uh, so I recently had the opportunity to host uh, or moderate, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I know people use different terms. Uh, the true crime uh, and spooky horror panel at Parapod. And it was their first year ever to host it in Santa Clarita. And it was awesome. There, It was of course, you know, the first year is always small, but there were so many awesome, talented people. They had people who were, you know, specialized in UFO stuff to the occult. And we even had people who were indigenous, who are indigenous, who were talking about their spirituality and how it's actually connected to people who are in the paranormal space, because that's something that they sometimes seek out after without really realizing it. So it was a really cool all kinds of walks of life at that convention. And I really appreciated it. That's amazing. That's really uh, yeah, cool. I definitely want to make it out there and check it out. That's so cool. I know, um, I think Hollywood Paranormal was out there too. A couple of, of friends of the show, I think were at Parapod. Um, so cool. Well, Stephanie, uh, I think I saw too, you had a new episode drop um, on your podcast as well, right? Oh, for, for something scary? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they actually, so we did a couple of different things. We've done the most recent one that was a really different. It, I don't think we've ever really done this type of content on something scary. Uh, we did stuff on UFOs and like real, uh, the Zimbabwe case of mm -hmm. UFO sightings. And I thought that was really cool. Cause that's a really creepy case all in itself. Speaking of like alien mermaid people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, that was interesting because there was actually a book for those that like UFO, it's on, I think the Kindle, you can get it for the Kindle and it's called like schoolyard UFOs. And it's literally like logs of children and schools around the world that have seen uh, UFOs in literally the backyard of a schoolyard. And wow. so, uh, yeah, it's not like a common thing and only an isolated event to Zimbabwe. It's happened in different parts of the world from like the fifties and even until like you know, the 2000s. So it's a really fascinating book on that, like how there's just a lot of occurrences on that. Well, one thing that I think you and Joshua do extremely well is your ability, your abilities to present information in a super interesting way. And these episodes have really gotten to be one of my favorite things to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's really like a, a quick hack for me to get to hang out with friends that I don't get to see enough. So hey. thank you both yeah. for um, jumping you. on and doing another cryptid countdown. Joshua, what, uh, how many cryptids we got left in this countdown? We have two. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. It means I got to scramble and find a new <laughs> gig for Joshua on the podcast. Um, <laughs> awesome. I am excited to hear what the last uh, final two are in our countdown. Well, Joshua, I will throw it to you and let you wrap up your episode. All right. Um, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Noah, as always, um, the, the chief in charge, as I like to say. Uh, and as I like to say, this is the first time I've said that, but I'm, I'm coining that now. Chief in charge. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> please follow everybody on the socials keep up with uh what everybody's doing it's, it's really interesting stuff um the top two uh cryptids are gonna shock you maybe yeah they're gonna shock you uh, <laughs> but until then <laughs> that was mermaids and uh make sure you tune in next time greetings adventurers today we're excited to introduce you to a new story dark dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. 
Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.